0: Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. In today's episode, we are talking about the experience of feeling overwhelmed when it comes to consuming wellness information in the digital space. Now you and I potentially got connected initially because maybe you follow me on Instagram and now you're listening to this podcast episode and I am so grateful that we got connected that way. But if you follow me, maybe you also follow a bunch of other therapists or wellness providers or healthcare providers or parenting experts or relationship coaches. Do you ever find yourself opening the app, you're scrolling, maybe you're subscribed to a bunch of newsletters too. So you're just consuming so much wellness information or parenting advice or relationship tips. And do you ever find yourself actually leaving all of that, feeling more overwhelmed than you did beforehand? If you can relate to this sort of overwhelm and overload, you are not alone. I experience this and I know so many others do as well. So in today's episode, I invited my friend and colleague, licensed marriage and family therapist, Whitney Goodman. Hey, you might follow her on Instagram at sitwithwit. And we are talking about the experience of wellness overload, being so overstimulated and overwhelmed by all of the content that you are constantly receiving and taking in. So, in today's episode, we talk about this experience. What are some of the red flags or signals that you might be actually experiencing? wellness overload or wellness overwhelm we also talk about ways in which you can set some really tangible and healthy boundaries and intentional boundaries and also the role of and power of rest and creating margins in your day and space where you're not consuming in more information because you know what you are already enough growth and healing are such beautiful parts of the human experience But experiencing and engaging in growth and your healing journey does not mean that you are not already enough just as you are. Let me say that again. You are enough just as you are. And my hope with today's episode is that you leave feeling empowered to grab back onto the reins of your own wellness growth healing journey. And that you can really have intention when you step into the space of consuming more wellness information, even when that means you're receiving it from me. Okay? I'm serious. If you ever need to unsubscribe from this podcast or mute me on Instagram because it's just not serving you in that season of your life or in that moment, or it's just adding to the noise, permission granted all right okay i'm so excited to share this conversation with you so let's jump in Well, I hope that this podcast is supportive to you, it is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Whitney. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so excited to have today's conversation with you and to share it. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here as well. Okay, so first, some context for those who might not know you or your work. Can you share a little bit about you, the work you do, and the driving force of the work that you do?
1: Yeah, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Miami, Florida. And I mainly work with individuals and couples that are having relationship issues. I do a lot of family work as well. So family dynamics, boundaries, things like that. And I just love learning about people and helping them have more fulfilling relationship dynamics. And I, that's what keeps me going with what I do.
0: I love it. And you were one of the first therapists that I connected with on the Instagram. We were just talking before we were recording like when you and I first got on social media, you know, a couple of years ago, there were not a lot of us on social media, but now there's a lot, a lot of wellness providers on In the digital arena. And what I, what we're talking about today, I think is very relevant to the fact that when you and I first got on, there was not a lot of this sort of, you know, curated wellness, social media content being shared. And now there's almost, I don't know, would you say almost like a saturation of wellness content? Like everywhere you go, you're going to be hit with some sort of wellness (laughs) information on in the digital space? Absolutely. I think it has changed dramatically. Yeah, no, it really has. And so, what we're going to talk about today is wellness overload. So, this sort of sense of, okay, now there is so much access to wellness information. You just open up this social media app and you might be logging on to initially, originally, maybe connect with friends, family. But now, a lot of people are following wellness providers, whether that's therapists or other medical health providers, and there's just so much information at our fingertips, which is great in so many ways, but I know I've been feeling it, and I'm a therapist myself who's also sharing (laughs) wellness information Um, But as a parent, as a human, especially during this pandemic where we're all home and spending a lot more time in the digital space, looking for community, looking for connections, looking for resources, it can also feel incredibly overwhelming. Um, Can you speak a little to this experience and what you're seeing with your clients or just yourself, what you're experiencing in that space? Yeah, absolutely. So something I noticed recently was a lot of my clients were
1: coming in um, referencing things that they had seen online and even mentioning like, I think I have this, or I saw this post and it made me feel this way. And it really like, prompted me to think about like, oh gosh, are people consuming so much of this that now they're just so overwhelmed and, and self-diagnosing? And it's something I like you mentioned, I noticed with myself as well, I'm like, I need to unfollow a lot of these people because I'm just getting bombarded with kind of similar things written in different ways. And maybe I only need to hear it from a few people and not so many.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Um, you've been on my other podcast before the one that I have for therapists And, you know, we were talking there about therapists showing up on Instagram. And I think one of the things that we talked about there was, you know, yeah, everything's been said and done before, but it hasn't been said by you, right? And so that's a way to feel inspired as a therapist showing up on social media. But now here, you and I are talking about on the other end, right, for somebody who's consuming this information, how important it is to permit yourself to say, you know what, I can actually unfollow some of these accounts that maybe are offering very valuable information, but I don't need to hear it from so many different voices. And maybe there's a certain style of this one person that I follow, whether it's, um, you know, a relationship um, expert or a parenting expert, maybe it's a way in which that they present this information that actually really resonates and I leave feeling informed, but not overwhelmed. Because like you said, I'm not necessarily being pinged at every angle from all these different sources about parenting, about um, sleep, about mental health, about all these things. Oh my gosh, it can be really overwhelming. And so you said that you have clients coming in who are self-diagnosing or bringing in information that they read on social media. And I've had similar experiences with clients. And I think that there's, there is there um, is a point where it is helpful because it gives them a chance to sit with something before they bring it into session and then we can talk about it there. Um, but it's also, it's also gets, it gets a little messy and a little, um, a, a little challenging at, at, at a point because it can be so overstimulating and overwhelming at some point. What are some of the signals that you would identify um, in terms of sort of this like sensory, like overstimulation overload when it comes to information and wellness information overload?
1: Yeah, I noticed that when people are constantly finding like new things to fix or improve all the time, that that can be a red flag or having this sense that there's something wrong with you every time you're on social media. I really think mental health content should be either like inspiring, motivating, or informative, not necessarily shaming or burdensome. And sometimes that's not a function of like, the content the therapist putting, is putting out there, but more just like the space we're in when we're reading it or what we're ready to take in. And so if you're feeling that, it might be like, okay, it's time for me to take a step back. Um, also, just the overall feeling of overwhelm, like when you're scrolling through Instagram and you leave it feeling worse, that is a sign that something might need to be edited
0: there. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from you is there's, there's both sort of maybe taking a pause before you even open the app to kind of see what sort of space that you're in. I know that for me, there's been plenty of those moments where I've had a maybe particularly difficult um, moment with my children or me and my partner just are feeling really disconnected and I, you know... I call it sort of like shame scrolling. Like I just sort of like I'm in a puddle of feeling not so great about myself, um, maybe because of how I responded to my kids um, and I just need a break. So I go to the bathroom and I open my phone and now I'm sort of scrolling in hopes to just kind of not feel maybe numb, escape a little bit um, and maybe also to connect. I think that that shows up as well. Um, But then I'm not in a great space, and now maybe I'm either being, I'm either being exposed to, um, maybe an influencer or friends like curated highlight reel, like what they're, they're what they're choosing to share, right, um, and that typically is not those harder moments, um, and or now I'm reading and being exposed to and consuming a lot of content and information from say a parenting coach or a parenting expert or relationship expert. And my gosh, sometimes that can be inspiring, like you said, but sometimes in those moments, especially when I'm in that space, it can just actually make me feel worse. Like, ugh, I should be responding this way or this is how I should be engaging in this sort of more gentle parenting approach and what's wrong with me. And I'm a therapist that's also creating content for social media. So if I'm experiencing this, I can only imagine what others are experiencing. So there's, there's sort of taking what I'm hearing from you, taking that pause before you even open up the app Um, and then there's the reflecting after, like when I, when I'm, when I'm reading this information, do I leave feeling like you said, inspired, educated, seen, um, like I'm ready to take the next step to get maybe more support, um, or am I feeling worse? And those are some just really important signals to pay attention to.
1: Absolutely. I think there's also the option to like, I will save things a lot, and maybe say, like, I'm going to go back and look at this later because I find it really informative and I want to see it, but not right now. Um, And there's also, I have some accounts that, like, I mute, but then on days where I'm like, you know, I really want to see what they've been sharing because I'm, I'm in a place to learn about that topic, I'll go to the page. And so yeah. there's a lot of ways to, like, orient yourself around the content that isn't so, Like you have to take it in when it shows up in front of you.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That I do the same thing. And like you said here, like I'll mute an account that I actually find very, very helpful, but I'm just not in that head space right now. Or I'm, I'm, I, I know that I'm feeling overwhelmed. And for me, sometimes those signals will be sort of a you know, in my mind, I'll I'll have the thoughts of like, what's wrong with me, or what's wrong with my kids, or what's wrong with my partner, um, or and or maybe it's just that season of life. Like, if somebody is, for instance, um, following a postpartum um, specialist on social media because they have a child or they are hoping to get pregnant. Um, But then they're going through a fertility journey and constantly seeing those posts that it might be either knowingly or unknowingly be very triggering. I mean, and sometimes we, we, we recognize it and we just have to like, we either choose to unfollow or choose to mute and come back to it. But sometimes we don't even realize that. We're getting hit with these little reminders of something that's painful. We leave the app feeling worse, and we're not exactly sure why. So I think what I'm hearing you say, and what I've been trying to do myself, is just be so is just be more mindful of when these things come up to acknowledge, okay, this doesn't feel great, and why, and what steps can I take to protect my energy? Because I don't know about you, Whitney, but I've been feeling a lot of fatigue lately. I th- I think that part of it is the pandemic. I think part of it is I'm postpartum, <laughs> so I'm tired. But I just think in general there's just so much more happening not in the real world with real people connections, but in this digital space and it can be it can be really exhausting. Can you relate to that?
1: Yeah, totally. There's there's so much demanding our attention. And so much that is a big deal and deserves our attention online that I think it can, you can sort of get into this spiral too of like, well, I need to pay attention to this issue or I need to learn more about this, but I just don't have the bandwidth. Um, And I, I agree with you that I think that has a lot to do with the pandemic, of course. And then also the fact that we're just spending so much time online much more than we may have been otherwise. That's where I know a lot of my clients, people I know are getting the majority of their connection is through these spaces. And it's not as fulfilling sometimes.
0: No, it it really, I mean, I think that it's, it's wonderful that we have the opportunity to connect digitally with each other. Right. But a lot, of the, a lot of times these connections, especially if you look at social media, these connections are not always happening in real time, right? And meaning like somebody can leave a comment or send you a DM and then you get it later and then you respond then. So we're not getting these like in the moment, um, face-to-face connections with each other. Uh, but also there can be a lot of negativity, um, that can also happen in the digital space because it's, you know, we're not, we're not with each other. It's not like chatting with your neighbor that maybe has different views than you do. Um, but this is also somebody who you might rely on to come over really quick to watch your kids if something happened, right? Like we don't have that same level of in-person, um, you know, neighbor connection, But it might be someone that you are connected to digitally and it's just, it can be such a, a, an easier space for there to be judgment and um, losing sight of humanness, right? It's so much easier to dehumanize each other in this space. And I don't know, I've just, I've noticed over the last year, it's just gotten a lot harder to be in that space um, and to actually feel connected to each other.
1: Totally. People definitely, I think, don't have as many outlets for their frustrations or annoyances. And Instagram or other social media platforms can also kind of serve as that outlet. And then everything just gets jumbled together. It can be difficult to navigate.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what can we do about this? Like we've identified that You know, wellness, information overload is definitely a thing. So if someone's listening and they can relate to this, I assure you, (laughs) you're not alone. And this is a real experience that I think that, um, you know, it was always a possibility. um, But now there's just so much more access at our fingertips. I think our generation is really having to navigate this in a new way in terms of information and wellness overload. So what can we do about this, Whitney? What would be some of your tips or suggestions of how to navigate this if you're identifying that this is actually something you are experiencing?
1: Yeah, so first looking out for the signs, right? Like noticing what is happening to me when I'm engaging with this content. Um, noticing, is it is it happening continuously? Was it just a bad day? You know, I think creating some awareness around that is powerful. And then moving into like, What do I want to do about this? So to reiterate some of the things we talked about that you could unfollow somebody, you could mute them, you can save their posts for later. Um, I also think it's helpful to pick maybe a couple of trusted sources, especially if you're learning about one topic so that you don't become oversaturated. So I know I like to follow maybe two or three people that are talking about trauma And maybe one or two people that are talking about postpartum and not be following 50 people in each space and sometimes when we're in crisis we do that right it's like i need to collect all the information and remind yourself that like if you ever want to go back to that person's page or their content it will always be there Mm -hmm. you know you mentioned different seasons in life and there were times for me where following certain types of people was not helpful and maybe now I'm like, oh, I thought about them, and I want to follow them again. And you can always go back. It's it's not a permanent separation,
0: right? Right. But I think there is this sort of sense of um, falling behind or missing something, right? And I think that you know, there's also I think we have to keep this in mind a lot of times that when somebody is sharing something on social media. Um, there's potentially other things that they are also trying to share with you or to offer you, whether that's something that a product or something that they're selling. And so I think that, you know, keeping in mind that there is also this sort of element of this space where you're maybe going to leave feeling like I'm not enough unless I buy this thing or consume this thing or um, do more of this thing. And I think that that sort of scarcity mindset of I'm not enough unless I do this or achieve this or buy this. I mean, I think just keeping in mind that a lot of times um, people who have a business side on social media, um, that sometimes that can show up, right? And I I, I know that for myself, because I have digital courses, I have things that I offer. Um, and I, I really try to keep that In mind, it doesn't necessarily always (laughs) lend itself to um, maybe all what what the marketing people would say you're supposed to do. But I just think that it's important to keep in mind that a lot of times what we're being what we're being shown is just little snippets in the hopes that then we someone will invest more. And a lot of these investments are really wonderful investments. Some of these digital courses or books or offerings, but. I love what you're saying here about really being, allowing yourself to be picky about who you follow and when you follow them and really honing in on which of these um, providers or um, people who are sharing wellness content, which of these really speak to me, permitting ourselves to just follow those. We're not being bombarded with not just wellness content, but also a lot of marketing, right, and a lot of selling, and um, it's like it's like it's like watching a lot of commercials sometimes, right? But you don't you don't necessarily realize that it, what you're watching or what you're consuming is also a marketing piece. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I think you're making a great point also about how we can kind of censor the voices that we take in, is by looking at how that person markets to you. And I know you and I have both done work with therapists. And one of the big points that I think both of us try to push is not to make people feel like they will be inferior or lost or Mm -hmm. unhealed without buying your product. And if someone's voice or tone or marketing is coming across that way, that might be something to think about. Like, is this really something I want to be engaged in? Um, And I think the marketing professionals, like you said, they're taught to create that sense of lack. That's what makes us buy products.
0: Yes. So I think that it's it's just important as a consumer, I'll be on the other end of all of this to keep that in mind, right? Um, and like you said, if you end up leaving something feeling worse, then that might be something to take note of. And that might not just be because you are... Like not enough, but maybe just because you're you're in a space where people are running businesses and, and trying to sell something, and it might not necessarily be the right match for you. If you do leave feeling less than, um, or like have that sort of not enoughness yeah. or inferior um, piece, or that shame or that guilt, right? So I, I'm really glad that we're we're talking about this here. Um, Let's talk about, if we can, Whitney, the power of rest. I think that another element of social media is it's built to keep us hooked, right? To keep you coming back for more. And it can be really hard to step away. Um, And it's hard to even admit that. But I know for me, it can be hard to step away. And so the power of rest and how to reclaim like rest and just space and margins in your day and in your life where you're not consuming more information, right? And I think that in order for the information you are taking in, the helpful information you are taking in, in order for it to even like settle in and for for you to process it, we need margins in our day. We need rest, right? For our brain to even be able to really take something in and process it. And so let's talk about the power of rest. Um, what role do you see rest having in all of this? I
1: completely agree with you that rest is necessary to integrate new information, right? So we can't just be constantly consuming and expect anything to, um, to fit or to stick around. This is... For me, this really depends on the type of person that you are, what your day is like, your life, et cetera. So some people like clear boundaries of like, I don't go on social media or consume this type of content in the evenings or on the weekends or whatever. It's been helpful for me to also set time aside where maybe I do want to consume that stuff. So I like reading about things more in the morning than I do at night because it's harder for me to slow down. Um, But also I think just listening to yourself in the moment, like we've been talking about, there's sometimes when I open up Instagram and I'm like, I don't really want to read a bunch of therapist stuff right now. I'd rather just watch some like funny videos on TikTok. And so I stop. (laughs) And I think that's the most powerful thing is just being able to not have all these big rules, but like, listen to yourself in the moment and give yourself flexibility. That's, that's meaningful rest versus it being
0: forced. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, I have, there's a couple of accounts on social media that I have a a private account that like, it's, I don't post anything on it, but I just use it so that like, when I do want to get on the app and just like watch, like you said, like funny videos, yeah. and, and just see like posts from my dear close friends that are, that I, you know, talk to every day. And I just want to see their photos of their kids. And I want to like catch up with them in that way. I have a like secret private account where I follow those things and I will I
1: do the same thing. It's yeah. very helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah. I follow an account. Um, uh, hilarious humanitarian and humanitarian Mm -hmm. mom do you follow her yeah anyway I follow her yeah she she has the she like compiles TikToks and they just like they just make my day (laughs) so sometimes I I will literally go on just to see what she's shared because I just want to see some of these TikToks that are gonna of like animals and of like you know, old people dancing that are just gonna like make me smile. Um, <laughs> and that's, and the two I think that account
1: thing is great. Having having another account, I think is yeah. so great, because then you can just totally avoid any of the content if you're in a place where that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a step that I I had to take for myself, too. And then I just think, noticing for myself how automatic it is for me to want to just open my phone and um, check my email um, because it's not just social media, right? Like I am subscribed to a variety of different email lists and newsletters and the news, right? There's just so many different ways in which we can be consuming information. And so for me, I just have to notice like that, that knee jerk reaction to grab my phone and when I turn it on, like, what's the first, what are the first few buttons that I want to press? It's probably my inbox, and Instagram, um, and maybe checking. So I've been over to see like some of the news highlights. And if if I'm, if I'm realizing mm-hmm. that, like, okay, I just have not had enough margins or space in my day, or I am already feeling kind of stressed and I just need to rest. Like, I, I literally have to go just put my phone in another room and like in a drawer and just check with myself. And not, I think it's easy to get caught in the like little shame spiral there. of Like, what's wrong with me that I just keep wanting to do, open my phone? Like, oh my gosh, what kind of parent just is constantly on their phone when they're with their baby or with their kids or with their partner? Like, God, what's wrong with me? But what I'll do is I'll notice that part of me. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll honor it as, um, guilt, which, you know, is there to pop up and let me know when I feel maybe out of alignment with my values or something that's really important to me, like presence. And I'll just sort of recognize and thank that part for, okay, the way that you're sending this message might actually not be so helpful. It's kind of shaming and that's not going to help me get back to the place that I want to be in, but thanks for the reminder. I'm going to go put my phone over here because um, I need a break, I need some margins, I need some space, I need some rest. And that's going to allow me to be more present with the parts of my life that are that I want to be prioritizing right now. Um, and and I need some space to integrate and process all the information that I am consuming. So let's go put it over here. Um, and we'll come back to it later. You know, I think um, just even in that sort of space, um, in recognizing that we have this kind of relationship with, with our phones or with consuming more information with social media, sometimes that can be its own little shame spiral. So I want to sort of unpack that part as well.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And I think the putting the phone away somewhere else is helpful. I also put mine on airplane mode sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there's another step to like getting on the apps. <laughs> you know, before to check myself is like, am I really going to do this right now?
0: Yeah. And another thing that I'll remind myself is, you know, like our, um, for those of us who are parents, um, our kids are going to grow up in a world, in a digital world where this is just going to be part of their life. And, So in order for me to be able to support my daughter and my daughters, I have two, gosh, it's hard for me to, I I have a seven month old little girl. So I forget sometimes to say daughters. I have two girls and a a son um, that like, they're going to grow up in a world where this is just part of their life. And that scares me. Um, But instead of letting that fear jump in the driver's seat and want to like, I don't know, hide all the electronics like that's not actually going to be helpful because they're going to grow up in a world where like this is just part of their life instead I need to work on my relationship with it so that I can help them and one of the conversations I had with my daughter recently um, because she has an iPad that she uses for a lot of her e-learning and it's just this whole year with e-learning has really opened up this uh, door, um, to having so much more access to screen time and electronics than she used to. And, you know, she's on it a lot. And I've noticed that like, she comes home, the first thing she does is she goes and she's on it and she plays her game and she, you know, FaceTimes with some of her friends. And, and I love all of that parts of it too, but also I recognize that she really wants to spend a lot of time on her iPad and it's dinner time and she wants to run back to the iPad or it's hard to pull her away from it. And so I sat down with her and I was like, you know what, you know what, girl, I struggle with my phone. I want to be on it a lot. I notice that I always want to check things. And I said, do you notice that about me? And she's like, yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's kind of like leveling the playing field that like, this isn't something like, like, because, okay, she's not going to do something. If I tell her how boundaries and she sees me having no boundaries, what's she going to listen to what I say or what I do? So like, let's call it what it is. Like, I struggle with these boundaries too. So let's find a way to like, as I'm figuring this out and working through this, like I want to help you too, so that we can kind of do this with each other. So she kind of holds me accountable and I gave her permission to do that, which was hard because it's hard when your kid, you know, it says, Hey mom, are you on Instagram again? And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, you know, and, and she knows that part of my job is showing up on social media, but I can still have a job that has boundaries too. So I think that, you know, in order for me to parent to support my kids and to parent them in a way in this digital, in this digital age, I need to work on my own relationship with it as well.
1: Totally. I love that. How you leveled with her, but it's not (laughs) just her who has the uh, trouble letting go.
0: Right. It's not. And you know, she's in kids, 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 no like she's so smart she sees she sees me at dinner like if my phone pings like open it and so yeah it's like all right let's call it what it is right um and and what I, what it also allows is for me to not just not have to be perfect right like i get to be an imperfect messy human raising imperfect, messy humans, and we're going to do this imperfectly. And it's gonna be really messy together. You know? <laughs> And it's, to be honest, it's actually quite freeing. Once I um, gave myself permission to just embrace the imperfections, especially around parenting.
1: For sure. Absolutely.
0: So, Whitney, where can people find you, and where can people you know if they um <laughs> we're talking it's funny, we're talking about don't consume too much information. I'm like, where can people find you, Whitney, because you share so much valuable information, Hey, maybe there's someone listening who finds your voice and the way that you present things really affirming and supportive, So where can people find you and all the things that you offer? Thank you. Yes.
1: If you're feeling in the mood to consume some more uh, mental health content, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at sit with wit. Um, my website, my online courses, workbooks, all of that are linked through there. So that's a good hub to, to start with and see if there's something there that might benefit you.
0: Awesome, and I will share all the links to where people can find you um, in, in the show notes. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. I I think that it's really important and relevant. I'm excited to start to shed more light on the fact that if you resonate with any of this, you're not alone <laughs> um, and offer some supportive ways to develop a healthy relationship with all of this wellness stuff, because I think it's not going anywhere. And that's a good thing. But we also need to have some healthy boundaries with it, right?
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.